Welcome to the Old Souls and Seekers podcast brought to you by Satori Prime. If you're anything like us, you've been around and around the personal development and mindset block quite a few times. You've read the books, watched the videos, attended the seminars, and even worked with a coach or two, and yet you still find yourself searching for more. You may even feel stuck or that you should be farther along than where you are right now. And after doing over a decade of mindset work, we've come to this realization. Mindset work is like a small hit of dopamine that distracts you from your true work. You get these little hits of feeling better only to be met with the same underlying conditions and patterns over and over again. Now, mindset was an important part of your evolution as well as ours, but it hits a plateau and now you find yourself ready for that deeper layer of growth and expansion. If you're listening to this podcast, then you're ready to get off that Ferris wheel. This podcast is only for those that are ready to dive deep and do the real inner healing work. For those that are ready to move past more information into actual experiences. If you're looking for more understanding, then you've come to the wrong place. This is a home for old souls ready to fully embrace and remember who they truly are. Ready to make a profound difference in their lives and in the lives of others. So welcome home, dear one. We're excited to be part of your journey. All right. Hey, friend. Welcome, everybody. What's cooking? Um, We're going to record a uh, new podcast episode for you all. Uh, Elon and I were just chit-chatting about what we wanted to talk about, and we have a lot of little things we can grab from about what's been happening uh, in our lives and um, just kind of overview here. Right. Like a lot of you guys that listen to us, podcasts, watch these lives. um, Obviously, you know that what we talk about is personal development. It is a lifelong passion for Elon and myself. We're fascinated by psychology, energetics, plant medicine, the likes of which, um, you know, we 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 dabble in all we dabble in all the crafts. And what we find, like in most areas in life, simplicity is truth. And uh, we also find that a lot of people try to complicate things very much. And maybe they don't want to complicate things, but the mind in general, it doesn't it doesn't really genuinely believe that things can be easy. Doesn't things that doesn't really believe that things can be simple. Um, Mostly, I think it's because of the way that we uh, were organized in school. There's a lot of linear thinking. There's processes. Something has to equal something to get to something else. So they work really hard to get grades. Yeah, and and that kind of like leaves off the table like sporadic, right? And sporadic is actually really fun. Like children are very sporadic. Their imagination is very sporadic. But I just want to kind of like offer that even when we look at physical healing, there are many cases that doctors can't explain because they don't follow a linear path or process to healing. And people just go from being very sick to um, radically well in a very short period of time, documented over and over again. Yeah. Many Joe, doctors- Joe Dispenza's work is pretty sure. much all about that. Exactly. Joe Dispenza's work, um, that book, uh, Dying to Be Me. I can't remember her name right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is really a good example of that. And again, there's like countless examples like this. Many doctors have experienced this and they don't really have a good explanation for it. So I'm just using that as a metaphor here uh, because what we have found in our work and something that gets reflected to us often now is like what you guys are doing is so simple and we're like yeah and it's wildly effective and it doesn't have a process (laughs) which is 
all the better. And I think there's something to that because when you have a process, it's almost like you have to sit down, get into the mode of doing the process. We're here because of the sporadic nature of the work. It's like really what's arising in your experience at any time is what you can work with. And that's kind of the examples that we'll go through today and talk about it. And, and, and then like what you can build is as a discipline or capacity over time is like as things arise, you're actually doing the work in real time. Yeah. So, and it's not, I, I hesitate to use the word processing because of everything that's connected to it, but it's almost like there's a, a fluidity I think is more accurate and, uh, and in the allowing of whatever is occurring to you to just kind of like move through in a really healthy way in the system. So I'll let you kind of uh, talk about what's been cracking on for you and then I'll, I'll yeah. give an example. From my I, I just want to give you an example of how simple this is. I, I was listening to Michael Singer today and he was saying about like um, how easy awareness and, and conscious awareness is. And so he goes, close your eyes. And, and then he says, now, when you close your eyes, you can't see, right? There's nothing like you can't see anything. He goes, now open your eyes. Can you see? Do you need to like work on seeing? Do you need to take the next few hours and go through a process to actually see what's happening? No, like you open your eyes and you can see. He goes, so the same simple way that you don't have to think and there's no process for you to see outside, mm. you can see the same inside. Yeah. Such but, as above, as below, such as inside, as outside. It's all the right? same. So it's like, I, I realize like what we do, right, is we've created the ability to simply, easily, effortlessly see inside. I don't even think we've built the ability. We've noticed that the, there's a capacity for humans to do mm -hmm. that. And for me, it's like, you know, um, I've been watching the the David Icke stuff on Gaia uh, recently, the Escape the Matrix. Yeah. And not that anything there is particularly new, but he's got a very uh, straightforward, clever, and even logical way of explaining the spiritual nature, the electromagnetic nature of holographic reality. And it's really actually quite good because he can get a little bit you know, yeah, he um, can get a little conspiracy theory. -ish. He can get a little conspiracy theory, but you know, his but his life's work has has shown him the truth of a lot yeah. of truth, right? So, um, yeah, I, I really like it too because it's this, the same thing. It's like the dreamer and the dream are as one, and it's really just the ability to notice these capacities that lets us change the perception. Because at the end of the day, like all this reality is just a matter of our perception. If we wanted oh, yeah. this reality to logistically change for the better, for more compassion, it's really just about our perception. Now, for me, it's like what is not only has our perception perception been conditioned, whether it's nefarious or not, we won't get into that. But if our perception has been conditioned, then what we want to work on is the parts in our system that create an automatic perception because of that conditioning. Yeah. So it's like this, you know, something I learned is like you actually can't when, when you're upset, when there's an upset in your system, when there's fear, when there's anxiety, when there's overwhelm, when there's stress, the perception that happens is is automatic. And even if you're aware of the perception, the perception will continue to persist. Correct. So, so it is not. And, and that's where people start getting in the muck because it's like, OK, now what do I do about their perception? Really nothing. It's, <laughs> I do nothing. Don't do anything about the perception is observe the perception in the observing is where the perception will will unwind itself. And it may be in that moment like that something sporadic happens and then that perception just disappears or it will begin unwinding in a specific way, like something in your system will shift 
and the perception will change. And what really shifts is what you're, what you're sensing inside the system at a very, very subtle level. Because the yeah. mind is really respond, responding to very subtle things in the system. We talk about this all the time. So we're not going to shift the mind perception because the mind is like, I'm just here to save you. <laughs> I'm just here to create safety. You know, it's like the really worried mom and dad. And so you're not going to like wind the mind down from doing that by being like, change your perception. That's like telling mom and dad to stop being protective. But what you can change or what you can shift is what you're is being with what's what you're feeling inside. And as those sensations actually move through in a fluid nature, then the protector, which is the, the brain, right, the protector of the mind or really it's the whole organism. We say the mind because we, we feel like we're localized up here, but the brain is just part of the whole. It's all working together. We could say it's like one big brain, right? The body is just one big brain, basically. Um, but so what we really want to look at is how do we clear out those sensations in the body or shift those or move those or alleviate those so that the protectors don't have to be there. And then the perception just naturally shifts. And what we find is it always shifts towards well-being. It always shifts yeah. towards more safety, more stability, these kind of things. So absolutely. Yeah. It's really like perfect segue because when we talk about perception and the mind really is, is a simple mechanism in that it's looking for things that it desires. So it's like, go get me more of that. Or it's like, I don't like that. Run away from that. Get away from that. I, I want less of that, whatever it is. But that's the building blocks of every thought, emotion, everything you have, all is relegated by something out there hits something in here. And the, the thing that's you know, we read about this all the time. It's like, whether you desire something or whether you have an aversion to something, it's two sides of the exact same coin. Like yeah. the energy behind it is exactly the same. The fear, the uh, stress, everything that happens in the body is exactly the same on both levels. Like if you really want someone, like you really love them, but they don't love you back, that desire creates all sorts of tension in your body. Just like if you don't like someone and you want to run away from them, it's the same exact thing. So I want to share with you guys a story of what happened to me just, was it yesterday? Yeah, just, no, two days ago, two days ago, um, which is just such a good example of, you know, something out there, hit something in here. And after having done 18 years, as my dad pointed out, you've done 18 years of work on yourself and still this is where you went. And I was like, Still very much human. <laughs> um, so uh, Wednesday morning, we get a call from school. Now my kids go to hybrid, so they're like in school two days a week, sometimes three. And we got a call on this Wednesday that someone in my son's grade has tested positive for COVID. And we had to come and pick up Shia immediately. So I had to go pick up Shai and Aaliyah from school and take him out. And um, he was in direct contact with someone. So we're running home. I'm taking him home. And now we're like in the whirlwind of all this stuff. And I'll just kind of walk you through some of the things that were occurring for my wife and I. Obviously, like straight panic, right? Holy shit balls, Because we've been so careful and we've been um, vigilant about like, making sure our kids are safe and we're safe and all this kind of stuff. And just, you know, out of left field, it was like, boom. And we get home and we start trying to figure out 
what what are we supposed to do? What's the protocol? This and that. We hear from the school that um, Shia and basically now because of Shia, us have to quarantine for 14 days, uh, whether we get tested or not. It didn't really matter. And um, we call the pediatrician to figure out that. And they're like, listen, he needs to be locked in his room for the next 14 days. Even if he comes out, he has to wear masks. You guys have to wear masks. It was like full shutdown mode. Meanwhile, before this occurred and before we find this out, um, I was in my bed with Shia, like cuddling him because he's terrified. My daughter's terrified. He's like trying to figure out and process what happened and who the person was and was he in contact with them? Was he not in contact with them? And you could just watch this mind of ours go to work on trying to make ourselves feel okay and feel safe with the information that we were just received. Can I ask you a, a non-personal development and personal question about that? Sure. Obviously, uh, I mean, you guys, by setting up the school, had had to know that that was a, a possibility that something like this could occur, right? right? But ha did you guys not? I mean, I, you can't really mentally prepare for things you've never done before, I suppose. Yeah. But like, um, like what what was your thinking prior to like if something like that happened? Like, how would you guys handle it? Were you aware that there would be all these uh, consequences? Because I'm so, just curious. Why did this yeah. seem a surprise? Yeah. So, I mean, plenty of schools have been shut down for like a few days at a time. But again, like, you know, within their school, for example, let's just say I don't know the exact numbers. Let's just say there's like 400 kids. Right. So the chance of it being someone that they're in direct contact with, it's, it's like so yeah. slim. But this was the first case in in our school, like my uh -huh. kid's school. And it just so happened that it was like in my son's grade. Mm -hmm. So it was just. You know, and, and this is not to sound like an asshole by any stretch of the imagination or some cocky, you know, little spiritual dweeb or anything like that. But I was talking to our mentor yesterday and quite honestly, you know, I, I almost feel like because of the work that we do so much internally, we take care of ourselves mentally, physically, at a soul level, all that stuff. Like I almost felt like impervious to this because it's like, I know it's out there and I know people are hurting. And I, again, like, I'm not one of those like, fuck wearing masks, this shit doesn't exist. Like I'm very aware that this is very contagious and very much real. And I was like, it's just not gonna happen to me. Like that was my, my mindset, right? And so even that was like, oh my God, all this stuff and da da da. Yeah. So anyway, we go into this tailspin, right? Like me my wife i'm watching my kids everyone like sad frustrated angry upset confused uh overwhelmed all this stuff and um the work that we do a lot of the work that we do is about creating well-being and safety internally so that as these external things hit the system. Whereas now, or even before I did this work, a lot of the times it's like things throw you off a of balance quite easily. It's like something happens, you get upset. This can be as simple as like your wife said or said or didn't say something. Your kids did or didn't do something. Someone cut you off on the road. Something happened at work, right? And like, it doesn't just hit you and you're like, oh, that didn't feel good. Okay, I'm done with it. It's like 
it takes over your day because you're now just thinking about it and like, oh, I'm going to tell them this and I'm going to do that. And, blah, blah, blah. and it's just like next thing right. you know, like a whole day, maybe even a week just goes by and you're just in this storm. And what's so amazing to me, like even as I was going through this process, I became aware that this was the first time in a very, very long time for me that I can honestly say, like, I lost all ground. I lost all ground. I lost all sense of safety. I went into full animal, primal survival mode. Yeah, fight or flight. Where, mm -hmm. where this is where people live, like, all the time. I just, it was so uncharacteristic for where I am today. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I learned in like talking this out with my mentor, it's like, thank God that that part is there. You know, like a lot of personal developments, like I need to, we used to do it. I mean, like I, <laughs> I need to like overcome fear. I need to remove this. I need to f make sure that I never experienced that. But like, listen, at the end of the day, if someone came into my house with a gun, <laughs> which is kind of like, you know, the, the assault on our system and our lives at that moment was like real imminent danger is here. If that part wasn't there, if I didn't have the part that was like, boom, go into action. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sit here and woosah my way through. The, like that wasn't the time of the place. Not the, so not the appropriate response necessarily. Yeah, it was. So it was a perfectly appropriate response. And in fact, it's like a God, like innate God intuition response. That's why it's there to have yep. those those moments. So and even no getting there, revolution to have that response. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So even having awareness of that after the fact, I didn't really quite get that in the moment. But after the fact and discussing, it, it's like even being super grateful for that. So anyway, we go through this whole thing. This is at like 10 in the morning at 2.30 p.m., we get a call from the principal saying, oh, we're really sorry. We made a mistake. Shia, the person was not in Shia's class and Shia had no direct contact with this person whatsoever. So all the protocols about quarantining, getting tested, this, that, the other thing, like, forget about it. Yeah, nope. Nothing happened. Mm -hmm. And so we went through this four and a half, whatever hour experience. And in reality, nothing happened. Like n just let that kind of sink in there. Cause this is really important because this is how life goes. Nothing really happens. And you flip the fuck out, create all of these fires that you later need to like go and manage because you just destroyed everything based on a perception of something that didn't even exist. Yeah. And now you live in this perception bubble that you created because of fear that hit your system and was like, I am not safe. I'm not okay. And then all this stuff happens. So we were kind of sitting afterwards. I, I, you know, like I, I was, I'm really blessed, like because of the work that we do uh, and the people that surround us, I was able to have a session right after we found out that like nothing happened. The truth of the matter is my system was still hijacked. It was still like all like, what the fuck did we just go through? 
And so I got to sit and in 45 minutes, I'm not kidding you, in 45 minutes of sitting with my support system that I have uh, in presence and actually being able to experience what I experienced, go through the feelings, because it honestly felt like whack-a-mole. I don't know if you guys remember that game inside. It was like, it was like fear came up, then sadness, then worry about this, then anxiety. It was just like constant. I was like, oh, I can't manage all this right now. Um, mm-hmm. So I was actually going through all the things that popped up while being held in support and connection. Like people were like, notice that we are here. Mm-hmm. You're not going through this alone. And every time I shared something, it was like this layer got released and this layer got released and this layer got released. And like 30 minutes into it, all of a sudden for the first time in hours, I was like, oh my God, there are my legs. Like I can actually feel ground again. Cause I was just blasted everywhere. Yeah. And safety, that feeling of safety and well-being started to slowly come back to my system. And I started to feel me again. How many times do we get hijacked? And it's not even you. Like, you're not even the person experiencing anything. So I went through that process. And then even more important, I out at night, I did that same thing with my kids. And something I became acutely aware of, there's there's two major things that I want to share. One is there are parts of us that get hit. Like this part that got hit, hit the, it was like fear for, for life, you know, like that core part. But inside, as I worked through it, I had realized that like between media and hearing all this news, we are bombarded with information of things that we need to fear and all we need is one single match to light that thing inside and it is explosive it's like then then you know you put jet fuel on it and all this stuff but it's like it's all inside of us so it was just an amazing experience that i got to have yesterday of like noticing where that stuff was held and having that be released as well I also had the privilege of watching my kids process the same sad, scared, fear, anxiety. And we went through their process. And here's the most beautiful thing. Like humans are programmed. We all are programmed to allow emotion to rise, have a peak and then disappear. And watching my kids do this, there is no... I don't walk them through a process on how to do this, right? Their system innately knows how to do this. They fully feel sad in the moment, but they don't judge. I'm not supposed to feel sad. They fully feel fear, like fully feel fear, but no one's there like, don't be afraid. It's not okay to be afraid, man up. Like they get to experience fear. They fully experience that, then fully experience anxiety, then fully experience sadness and all this stuff. Like, once the day was done, I came back to them the next day. I was like, Shia, you know, I know you had a big experience. Like, do you feel anything lingering? Like, are there any lingering emotions or anything that you still want to talk about or process? And he's like, no, I feel great. Aliyah, how are you? I feel great. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. this, like, it's not about learning something new. It's not some new process. It's simply remembering the innate ability that we all have as humans to experience life 
without all that judgment that we have inside. Yeah. Just permissioning the system to do what the system innately does. Yeah. I mean, to me, what I hear is like, look, we there's thousands of years of condition of conditioning being passed down about what a, what a moral human is, what a good human is, what a human is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And they were all mental judgments that, that we have made over time, which have nothing to do with what a human is. It's what the uh, mental projections of what a, a good human is supposed to be. And I think we really get to make a turn in this century that we can kind of start removing a lot of these labels about good and bad. Mostly we label because we want to understand what's good and bad. But, you know, it's like, oh, this is, if I label it this way, that's good. If I label it that way, it's bad. But it's like that where where we get stuck and it gets so confusing and complicated because we have all these unconscious rules. And to your point, like when we're watching the news, which is fear-based, commercially-based news, there's a reason that fear is used, by the way, on news. And then every third commercial is some solution to some problem because they induce a fear state and then you're more likely to a watch and b buy something because it sounds like a solution that could deter some of the fear right so until until we become socially aware of this and stop doing this to ourselves because it's literally literally be done being done to ourselves there are a parts of you that are being unconsciously conditioned for when something happens like somebody contracting covid or anything else that the response is going to be way greater had you not consumed a lot of that information, right? Obviously, like there wouldn't be a response in the system uh, quite the same. And and mind you, having a response like that, even if there is a contraction, is going to significantly lower the body's ability to counteract it because we know the placebo effect and we know how stress and overwhelm can actually um, not only like have symptoms, increase symptoms, or even uh, perpetuate symptoms that might not be there because you're going to just create a story and more, even yeah, more yeah. than the pill, like the placebo effect has been proven to, to have more sure. of an effect. Sure. Right. Like per, again, per, we started this conversation with perception is everything. Perception is everything. Right. But when that's the whole point is when you're in the perception, Hey, don't make yourself wrong for having the perception. Don't even make yourself wrong for watching the news or letting fear take hold or whatever it might be like, you know, so, okay, that's already happened. That's where it's at. And that's, and that's part of the life lessons and this evolution that we're going through we are not going to liberate ourselves from that until we fully embrace it and experience it. When, you know, hit Elon's kids are liberated free from what happened. Elon is, is if there's anything left for him to do, we'll go through whatever process he needs to go through to liberate and create freedom from that experience. And that's what teaches him. It's like his system, like that there's another pathway, there's another energetic pathway to go. So I think this is a good um, segue. I had an experience with my wife. We just came back from, uh, a trip to Portland, and again, I don't want to sound uh, cocky and, and, and or anything like that, and, and with great empathy to people who have suffered through this. But like, we're we're not particularly uh, scared of what's happening, um, or, or to be honest, even if we got like contraction. And I'm saying that as a person who has not gone through a process like Elon, it's very likely if I was in this position, I may have had a response that I wouldn't anticipate having. Um, I may have even had COVID back in January, but like, I, I won't go in, into all that. So my wife and I are driving, um, through Oregon, which knocked my socks off. Oregon is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Um, yeah. um, it's a little bit sketchy right now in Portland because of uh, what's happening, but nonetheless, we're driving through and we were having a conversation and, and I had, uh, I had breached an agreement, um, that we had that I didn't remember that we made. And when I breached the agreement, my wife got 
angry. Now, if you know my wife, my wife is like Mother Earth, peace holds everything, doesn't matter what's happening. <laughs> She's pretty, pretty fucking stable person. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm, uh, I'm fiery. I, I can get snappy. I, uh, something I have got to work, gotten to work a lot through my system is um, like, uh, if somebody gives me feedback, generally it lands like criticism in my system. It's not something I seem to be able to control. Again, this is just like patterning from from childhood. Um, and, and part of the lesson that I get to have in this lifetime is like how to find how to find peace in the face of anything. Um, so I had breached this thing and my wife got like mad, like like mad. Like I don't I don't see her mad like that very often, like maybe once a year, probably less. Right. And because of this, these parts of my system, when I see someone get mad because of how I get mad, of course, I presume they're having the same kind of experience that I have when I'm angry, which means now there's like, you know, usually I, I get defensive because they're getting angry. And it sounds to me or my perception is, is that they're criticizing me for something that I've done, which activates fucking everything in my system. This is, this is like full on fight or flight experience for me, like every time. So <clears throat> she's going through this experience and I, and I, and I was amazing because in the moment I realized that she had every right to be as mad as she was. Like I had breached an agreement, whether I remembered it or not, doesn't matter. And usually that's the thing, right? You're like, did I breach the agreement? When did we have that conversation? How did we have that conversation? Did I agree to that thing? That was like, and I, and the thing is, I, I honestly couldn't remember, but in her experience, clearly we did. And it would, and usually that's kind of how the conversation goes. It's like, no, I didn't. I didn't say I would do that. I, I didn't even exactly. mean it. Okay, fine. I told them, but it's really like not that big of a deal. Like, why are you being so angry? Like, you know, these kind of conversations. And it was like, it was so great because I didn't do any of that. I was just like, cool. My wife is having the perfect experience for perception that she's having. And I'm going to let her be angry. And I just like dropped into my system and held this like beautiful ground for my wife to be angry. Because I realized like, honestly, that's what I want. I had the same, I had this like same response. I'm like, you know, when I'm angry, I don't want to be told that I shouldn't be angry because in my perception, I have every fucking right to be angry, maybe yell, maybe whatever, like whatever it might be. And I'm like, it never helps when the other person's like, no. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to let her have her moment. And I let her just get snappy with me. And we just kind of sat there in silence. And I, and I'm telling you, like, even in my system, while she was angry, not talking to me over here because she's processing her anger, I'm still just holding center in my system. I'm not like in my mind, like, all right, here's what I'm going to say. Here's, I'm going to position it. And I felt it going that way. And I was like, no, I'm like, she gets to be angry, like all yeah. that stuff, you know, like, and I'm watching my own stuff go, but I'm like, I'm just going to let her have her thing. Now, look, usually when that kind of hostility comes up in any relationship, it's not like quick, you know, like that might ruin your day. That might ruin a few days because like my system, when it gets wound up like that, one of the reasons I don't enjoy it as you know, like my, my mental doesn't enjoy it is because like my system usually doesn't wind down quickly. So if I get really upset about something, like I'm in it for a few days and it might not even be mentally, but I can like feel it lingering in my system, like sludge that hasn't been cleaned off of like a, you know, a car part or like a pipe or, uh, or your dishes, you know, before you like, it needs to like soak before someone can scrub that shit off. So I'm, um, so I'm sitting there and then, you know, when, when it, when she was ready to talk, she said, whatever she said, and we had a conversation. I, I took responsibility for it, accepted it. Um, and just and told her like why I had done what I had done. And, and that was it. And it was, but at that, at the point of where we had the conversation, the energy had already dissipated. You guys know, like when you're like, have been angry at each other, like not the best time to have a conversation, but like when the energy's dissipated, like 
you have a conversation you're like okay i get it okay i get it bah, 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 and it's like just move on yeah and this whole this whole thing took like 10 minutes maybe and i was just sitting there and i'm like holy shit that was amazing yeah and and not just amazing but like you know i've i've had those those thoughts over this last year about really like the thing is like letting other people have their emotions and 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 i started thinking that way because i'm like really that's what i want too you know and it's that you know give give what you want to have right it's like the uh, be the example or whatever the thing is like you know it's really like okay well if i'm going to want to have my emotions the way i want to have my emotions i got to also let people have their emotions the way that they're having their emotions so she had her stuff 10 minutes go by and this whole thing just like dissipated and we're like back into this like loving fun joking space and it was really like whoa you know it like shocked me because yeah. it was so like elon said it, these peaks and troughs of energy we're, we're already finding I, I just saw a recent study where a doctor said that brain waves are electromagnetic consciousness is electromagnetic so it, we're talking waves here right and, and waves have peaks and troughs there's ups and there's downs and there's modulations and there's distances between waves and all the science that goes in, in, into vibrations and frequencies so it was just this really beautiful moment but instead of like having this conceptual thing that i was going to do when somebody responds negatively to something it was just it just kind of like naturally spontaneously arose in the moment out of just holding ground in my system which is, sounds similar to what happened with you too it's like the moment you find ground what I'm noticing is it, it allows for spontaneity to come back in because you're not operating from the conditioning now. When the conditioning is operating, there's no opportunity for spontaneity. And in spontaneity, we're talking quantum, infinite possibility fields that can arise. And that, that also is in how the, like the arising of reality is going to come in in response to that field. So it was like it just allowed my, my, myself and my wife to have these completely different responses than we would normally have. And all it took was just not doing what most people think they need to do, which is defending their ego, which is really what wanted to occur. And really just being like, you know what? That can, and, and, and by the way, and that can still happen. Like you can still have all the energy and the programs running and lingering and, da, 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 and the ego being upset and still choose with your awareness to hold ground in your system and not respond from the preconditioning. And just watch the preconditioning because that's kind of what I was doing. I'm like, it's still in there doing its fucking dance, but I'm just not going to operate from that space. And it was it was a surreal like, you know, that could have fucked up our whole that whole day of vacation. And instead, it was like 10 minutes, like being back in connection and love with your wife is just the most precious fucking thing in the world. Being in connection and love with anybody is the most precious thing in the world. So, you know, we started this whole thing about talking about perception and simplicity. I'm like, what could be more simple than that? I, I invested no energy in defending myself. I invested no energy in explaining myself. You know, I, I didn't do those things. And and we just found connection in this really innate, natural way that that just added even more pleasure to our relationship. So, yeah, it was great. It's just, you know, and I was sharing with Guy before we even got on, like I was getting a message from, um, sorry, I uh, saw a comment someone posted, you know, like, how do you deal with the the voices in our heads, like the voice that keep nagging me. And everything I saw, like every comment had something to do with like, don't listen, tell them to shut the fuck up. Uh, do it anyway, count back from five seconds, and then do it like all this stuff. And I it's such an old school 
personal development, reframe, you know, get over it, et cetera, piece, which Guy and I taught. I mean, that's how we learned and we did that stuff for years. Where we've really shifted into, I, I actually wrote a comment because I was like, I was getting like nauseous as I was reading all these comments. My insides were like, nah, uh. um, you can't overcome these parts. If you've tried that, just check for yourself. Like, don't they keep coming back? They go away for a little bit and then they come back, right? Something happens in your relationship and boom, there it is again. Or something happens at work or with your finances or with your health and there they are again. So can you just get like, these things aren't going away. Mm-hmm. The voices, the parts, the, 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 the sensation, it's just not going away. And it doesn't matter how much you try to understand them, how they got created, why they got created, when they got created, who was there, what did I feel, how did it, like, it's cool information, but it doesn't heal anything. It gives you really good tools on how to deal with yourself, but you're constantly dealing with yourself. And at some point, maybe you're there, maybe you're not. I know Guy and I found ourselves there and it took us the better part of 12 years to get there. At some point, you're going to get frustrated and annoyed with that pattern. Like, do I really, like, I'm still dealing with the fact that I'm nervous or like, I don't want to speak in public or able to speak my truth. I'm still, I get defensive every time someone says something like this about me, like all that stuff is still inside, right? Maybe you expand the capacity of when it hits, but it's going to hit. And this, like being able to sit with and be with these parts, helping them grow and mature so that they create more safety. These parts got created when you were three, four, five, even before years old. Like the world wasn't a safe place for that little kid. And what that kid needed was to be met, to know that it's like safe to have that experience, that it's right and justified to have that experience, that they don't need to be some other way. And maybe your parents couldn't give that to you because fuck, I mean, they didn't know, right? Like they did the best they can, but you can do that now. You guys says this great line. Like you get to be the parent for these parts that you wish you could have had. And you can repattern from the inside out these things. And it's effortless. It's not some big process that you have to sit down and do this and go through this formula and blah, blah. No, like the simplicity of it is give them attention. Don't tell them to shut the fuck up. Don't tell them to like, I got this. We're going to do it anyway, because that's what keeps frustrating them. I I said in my comment, like if a four-year-old came to you telling you that they were terrified and crying, you tell me, would you be like, shut the fuck up? I don't care. Go sit in the corner. Apps. I don't care who you are. You're not doing that to a crying four-year-old. Right. But you do that to yourself internally. I know because I did that to myself internally. I turned all the anger on me constantly berating myself for not being good enough, not being fast enough, not being smart enough, not being this enough. And now as we do this work and we start to heal these parts and actually accept them, 
the best part is they don't react. The reaction simply isn't there because they feel safe. They feel heard. They feel gotten. Like they're not on constant high alert. And it makes life so simple and so easy when you can live from this place. It's, it's, I mean, it's been the greatest gift for our lives. And it's just, it, it feels so amazing to know that we can transmit this and share this with others and they could just get it. Yeah. I mean, Gordon was saying, if I had to choose between winning the lottery or having this awareness, I would choose this awareness. A hundred percent. It is so much more valuable than any amount of money that could be there because peace is priceless. Well-being is priceless. Connection is priceless. Love is priceless. And you can't, you can't buy those things. And I just want to say, Elon is talking about giving it attention. I, I want to just make sure that if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I just give, I'm just going to give it attention. Where we find people are is they don't quite, they haven't built an awareness in their system to have a distinction between what I would call as attention and what I would call as awareness. So yeah. people usually put attention on what's happening in their lives and it actually magnifies it and makes it worse. And the reason people may want to work with somebody like Elon and myself or a mentor like us who's teaching energetics and somatic work and stuff like that versus just more mental architecture. Because mental architecture, like personal development, here's what it's going to do for you. It's going to make you very productive in the world that's up to your baby like you're gonna you're gonna rock that shit but what's gonna happen is you're gonna have fear and then you're gonna go well, i'm not a person who gets afraid i do shit and you're gonna do a lot of shit like i won't use names here but like massive imperfect action is an ideology that comes out of this but it's like that it's like that's that's still crazy thinking like what why are you taking so much imperfect action why because it's you're you're in a fight or flight response taking a whole bunch of action and then the energy that's sourcing the action they're still coming from that place so you have to do so many things when it's like you can take one action that's sourced from an aligned stability place you're going to watch miracles happen in your life yeah because you're going to align with god source divine intelligent energy call whatever you want to call it and you're going to see that it had it's like putting wind in your sails instead of like there's a 300 mile power wind and i gotta like walk into it and prove that i'm a warrior you know it's a really different way to to approach life not even work life so i want to just say that if you're going to approach this kind of work there's a, a type of awareness that someone who's already developed that awareness can point to while something in your life is happening in real time like when elon was sharing about his experience he was with a group of people that could point to something while his system wasn't hijacked so his awareness could become aware of something that normally he would not be aware of yeah had absolutely. he not had those people then his attention would have been on it not his awareness would have been on it and he would have been continued perpetrated and grown the 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 experience that he was having because that's what attention does it magnifies it Right? Like when we put attention on bad things, they're not going to go away. You're going to grow bad things. When we put attention on positive things, it's going to grow positive things. But because of the preconditioning, we're often looking at what's not working. We're not looking at what's working. Right. So I just want to offer that if you're going to do this kind of work, something that you might want to do or you might, might want to consider is coming to like a two day event with us or uh, uh, having a conversation with one of our coaches about what it's like to work with us so that we can point to you this innate awareness that you have that you've been preconditioned away from so that you learn how to view 
your system so that you learn how to view your circumstances. And this has nothing to do, I mean, literally nothing to do with changing your story or changing your paradigm. This is not that, not that at all. It's it actually it precipitates this thing that you keep doing. Exactly, it actually makes it worse. If, if it's a it's a place of observation within your own awareness to sit. If you've read Michael Singer's um, Untethered Soul, he calls it the seat of awareness. But if you try to understand it, and a lot of you guys have read that book, so you're like, oh, let me understand. Oh, I understand. There's a seat of awareness. Let me go sit in the seat of awareness. And, and you can't do that through a mental architecture. There's no process that you can understand to teach you how to sit in the seat of awareness. It's like you're either sitting in it or you ain't. And if you haven't experienced it, then you don't know where the seat is located. No more than anybody who's not ridden a bicycle knows what it feels like somatically and through their awareness to experience balance. I can explain balance to you. You don't know what balance is if you've never experienced it. Yeah. So awareness is the same thing. It's like there's when we say the word awareness, people think it's my attention. And it's not. There's a whole other aspect. I mean, like an infinite nature to awareness and how you can connect that to the great big, you know, internet server in the sky and actually rejoin the ocean and not feel like you're a separate part of the great ocean. And from that place is where you can view these experiences in such a way that radically transforms your life. And instead of, again, walking into the wind and trying to figure out how to be the best at walking into the wind and being a fucking warrior about everything, you can turn around and just go with the flow of the energy. And it provides so much support for your healing, for the circumstances in your life, for your relationships. And that's really what we're talking about here. Yeah. So um, just to wrap this thing up, um, a few things, guys. If, you're, if you want to have more of these conversations and you want to figure out what the hell it is these two guys actually do because you know we try to use through metaphors in our lives to give examples of tastes of what this is about but you can join oldsouls.com it's right below this video or if you're listening on the podcast if you're like this sounds awesome i'm ready to have a conversation just head over to callsatori.com and you can set up a call uh with one of our coaches to have a conversation with you and and you guys can explore together if there's some good fit here between where you are in your work, because we know that most people that listen to us and end up working with us are people who have done a lot of personal development and they've probably noticed that there's a threshold here because that's what we noticed. And we're like, that's really fucking frustrating. You know, like I, I'm just going to say one last thing. Like I am suddenly finding myself reading a lot less books, Same. which, which sounds strange again in a world that tells you to read and consume. And I read a lot nonetheless, but I'm telling you, like I like the pull to constantly read it has I've noticed a slightly diminished or I would say quite rapidly diminished in my system. And here's why. I'm very, very good at personal development. I have a, a pretty high level of mastery with that space. And the reason the books, I'm like, why do I need to read another book? I'm like, I already know it. The fact that somebody 20 years later called, oh, you're you need to change your paradigm or your story, and now they named it like shift your perspective in that book and they, they name it something else doesn't give it any more power than the book that was written 20 30 40 50 years ago it's the same fucking concept yeah. they're just repackaging renaming it or telling you okay now we understand that it affects your vagus nerve and your nervous system needs to downregulate it and it's a parasympathetic response cool information i love sharing that because it makes me sound super smart no value to my life 
So now I get like more informed, but I don't get more value. I don't get more freedom. I don't get more liberation. I don't get more well-being. I get another tool in my tool belt that I can think about and once in a while throw at somebody and be like, oh, you really should learn more about your vagus nerve. I'm like, what the fuck is that going to help you with? So the, I'm finding myself not wanting to reach for those books because I'm like, what else is there to know? I mean, I'm sure there's other discoveries, but like, how is that making my life better? And could I be investing my time, maybe, hint, hint, in a practice where I actually sit with myself through this practice of awareness and not only heal my system by doing that on a daily basis, but I connect to the all and from the all pervasive intelligence that has always existed and contains everything, I am learning things about my system in the most natural, innate way, which, by the way, is how every religion and every philosophy and psychology was born anyway, I might as well go to the source, which is the source. So this is more about connecting to that source than having other people interpret what they think the source is saying and, and having it intelligently inform your own system through your own awareness, because that's the deepest truth that you can ever know. Not somebody else's truth that they put into literature and figured out and they thought thought it'd be good to tell people which is great i'm glad we get to share information that way and i am feeling called to write a book at some point in my life as well to try to sh share these things in an eloquent way so that other people can activate these things in their system but what i'm learning is, is that my innate is the most important intelligence that i have totally. and if i can learn practices to trust that innate and bring it to a place that i can start listening to it that is not from a preconditioning but instead is from the actual connection to my higher self. What could be more valuable than that? Yeah. So if you're somebody who's like, that sounds cool. How? How? Again, either join the group or go to callsatori.com, have a conversation with our coach and see if it's, it feels good for you to come to work with us. Um, even this weekend, for those of you guys who are listening, we have a live today intensive coming up on Friday and Saturday. You go to intuitivemind.live. I'm giving you way too many links and things to do here. And, you know, if you're listening now and you're like, okay, I want to learn this, you guys can come and join us tomorrow and start really resetting the foundation from where you live life from. Start putting the wind at your back. Start working with your innate. Start working with the intelligence. And it is so, you are going to be blown away by the simplicity. And you're going to be like, I don't know why I'm spending my time doing all this difficult work. And you're going to get more value in two days than you probably have in 10 to 20 years of developmental work because that's what we get feedback from people who are really intelligent and have done this work for a very long time who do these kind of events with us. They're like, I had no idea. And we're like, yep, it's just like that thing right in front of your face that you yep. can't see. And the moment we point at it, you're not going to be able to stop experiencing it. So it's like, come get the activation. If we don't radically blow your socks off, just come get your money back. We haven't earned yep. it. Totally. Simple as that. Done, done. Awesome. Thanks, guys, for being here. Thanks for listening. As always, if we can support you in any way, uh, find us in the group in Facebook, joinoldsouls.com, and uh, we'll see you there. Love you guys. See you next Bye, time. Everyone. Bye. Thank you, dear one, for choosing to share a bit of your day with us. We value you greatly. And as a way to give back and help you to deepen these practices, we want to invite you to join our incredible community on Facebook. You can do so easily by going to joinoldsouls.com and ask for an invite. 
This is our private community where old souls and seekers are able to grow and share their journey with others. We hold exclusive weekly live streams, we answer your personal questions, and offer valuable insights that we won't be able to share here on the podcast. So again, just head to joinoldsouls.com and grab your invite today. And as always, if you enjoy this podcast, please head to iTunes and leave us a review. It's the only way other people can find this show. So if it's making a difference in your life, please share the love. Until we meet again, have an amazing week, dear one.